Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Passholders Guide podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm here to share some tips, tricks, and secrets to the theme park capital of the world. You may be wondering, who am I? I am a Florida native, a Central Florida local, and I've been a seasonal or annual pass holder to every theme park here in the Central Florida area. Not to mention I used to work for one. Each show I'll be here to entertain you, maybe even educate you on a particular topic, as well as go over some up-to-date news and announcements at each park. Lastly, we're going to have story time. Those are going to be some cast member, team member, and ambassador stories. Hopefully we can throw in some interviews, some other tidbits, and I can uh, bring you one hell of a show. this is your first show then thank you don't forget to like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on be it apple spotify anchor any of the other streaming platforms this is not your first show then thank you so much for coming back i love all of you especially the five of you who listen to every show i'm pretty sure i know exactly who you are and i appreciate you you're part of the reason why i do this so Let's kick it off. I know a lot of my first 10 episodes will have to do with Disney, and I still maintain that Walt Disney put Orlando on the map. He inspired the creating of many of the theme parks here in Central Florida, but today's not about him, and it's not the day to talk about him. We're looking at the other major player in town. We're looking at Universal Studios. I touched upon this in Episode 4, talking about Steven Spielberg, but let's dive into how Universal came to town. Now, unfortunately, we have to start on the other coast. The Universal Movie Studio has been around for over 100 years now, and they offered a studio tour where people could see how movies were made. The first backlot tour was in 1915, and was discontinued in the 30s due to the lots not being soundproof, and movies now having sound. The tour would come back later in the 60s and started showing people open dressing rooms and a few staged events as they moved through movie sets. With the success of another park in California and the success of this tour, Universal Studios theme park was born. In the early 80s, Universal Studios' parent company, MCA, had thought about opening another park, dubbing it Hollywood East, and uh, this was in direct competition with Disney. MCA bought the land and created an impressive sales pitch, complete with concept art and a great sales projection. They wanted to build a bigger and better studio tour, but decided against it after failing to team up with any other movie studio, such as Paramount Pictures. Instead of the Florida Park, they created a new King Kong attraction at the Hollywood studio. Now, with this new success and a certain producer roaming the back lot, MCA decided that the Florida Project was back on the table. Let's talk about this producer roaming the back lot. I saw an interview with the man himself, Steven Spielberg. He recalls this as he bought a, he recalls this as he bought a three-day pass and spent all three days in the studio. And now on day four, 
He just walked through without a ticket, and security waved him through, thinking it was just another day as usual. No. Spielberg got to see a few things being filmed, and he was kicked off of an Alfred Hitchcock movie set. Now we're going to visit part of the show I did over the summer. Back on episode 4, we talked about Steven Spielberg as part of uh, the Velocicoasters opening. It was a great show. If you don't recall, former Disney Imagineer Peter Alexander was crucial in the building of the new animatronic King Kong. Now, Steven Spielberg was so impressed with Kong, he went to Peter to discuss a motion simulator. You might have heard of it. Back to the Future. Now, Spielberg's friend said that Universal could not compete with Disney. That friend is none other than George Lucas. Maybe you've heard of him. We're going to pause here and talk about how our worlds have changed out of slights and competition. Long after Disney, and I'm sorry, long before Disney World, Walt Disney had thought about opening a park in the middle of the country, you know, the gateway to the West, St. Louis. But after being slighted by Augustus Bush, I believe it was the second, that plan was abandoned. Now, a little slight between friends helped propel Universal to the East Coast. Funny how all that works now. Uh, now, back to our regularly scheduled programming. Now, I did mention that Universal had gone to Paramount to team up with the Florida Project. The project was announced and, and greenlit with Steven Spielberg as a major backer. Shortly after, uh, they had a, a new head of Disney, Mr. Michael Eisner. Now, they announced the creation of MGM, and it should feature a, a studio tram ride. Um, like, wait, where do you think he got that, uh, that idea from? Oh, yeah, Eisner was the head of Paramount when Universal approached them. Now, Disney had experience building theme parks and was able to open theirs before Universal. But the next summer... Universal Studios Orlando was uh, would open with a massive influence from Steven Spielberg. Now, construction of the park took many different construction crews, since each section of the park was styled for different parts of the country, mainly mimicking Hollywood, New York, and San Francisco in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. The buildings are mostly facades, meaning it's just the outer layer that you see, and they use some of the classic theme park tricks, such as forced perspective. Now, meticulous planning went into every aspect of these buildings, including handmade tiles for roofs, steel frame windows popular in the 30s, and brass doors on the Pantages Theater. Beyond that, most of the buildings are made of foam. That foam is covered in plaster and concrete, but majority of the structure is based in foam. Now, July 7, 1990, was opening day for Universal Studios. It was full of fanfares, celebrities, such as Michael J. Fox, Sylvester Stallone, Roy Snyder, Charleston Heston, and Steven Spielberg. But after the ribbon cutting, it was a bit of a shit show. Power outages and computer glitches left the biggest rides offline for most of the day, and allegedly left Spielberg stranded on a boat during his tour of Amity Island. The summer was rough, and most rides got their kinks worked out, except for Jaws, which had to be shut down for a few years and eventually reopened in 1993. There were worries that this park would not be open to the next summer, but 30 years later, it's still going strong. Looking at opening day, you had a fantastic world of Hanna-Barbera, 
which is a dash through multiple cartoons, including the Flintstones and the Jetsons. Confrontation, a cable car tour ambushed by King Kong. Earthquake, the big one, which is a multi-scene view of how movies are made, ending in a disaster experience ride. The E.T. Adventure, which is a bike ride helping E.T. get back to his planet. And there's a few other shows and attractions, such as Murder, She Wrote, Mystery Theater, which is an inside look at sound engineering. Alfred Hitchcock, The Art of Movie Making, which is an inside look at the visual aspects and visual effects of how movies are made. Ghostbusters, a visual effects show, ending with a Ghostbusters fighting Zool again. The gory, gruesome, grotesque horror makeup show. Uh, showcasing the makeup and visual effects that made Universal famous in the monster world. And the best one for for me growing up, Nickelodeon Studios, where live-action kid shows were made while tour groups got to view from above. The theme of the park and one of the greatest advertising lines I know of was Ride the Movies. Every ride, every show, and attraction would put you front and center in Hollywood movie productions. Now, the Universal that we that opened 31 years ago and the Universal that we know today are vastly different. Universal Studios Florida has grown up to be Universal Orlando Resort, but we're going to cover those changes on another show. Alrighty, everybody, this is going to be a very heavy news show. I have been off for about a month. Things have been going on that have uh, taken my attention elsewhere, but I am back. I am here to let you know what is going around at our local parks. We are going to start at SeaWorld, where they are doing their Christmas celebration. It's already uh, taking place now through January 2nd. Uh, You can meet Santa Claus, uh, take place in their Christmas tree show, The Sea of Trees. There is a special Sesame Street Christmas parade, and you can even meet Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, they are running a deal right now where if you purchase a 2022 fun card, you get the rest of 2021 free. Now, their fun cards do come with blockout dates. I can only imagine that is uh, some of your major holidays, some of the their peak time over the summer when nobody uh, with a fun card or annual pass would want to go. But they are, yes, different than an annual pass. Over at Universal, uh, they have their holiday tribute store featuring Santa's Workshop, Whoville, Earl the Squirrel, and the Yule Ball. A lot of cool things in there. Uh, they are doing Grinchmas at the Islands of Adventure in the Seuss, uh, in Seuss Landing. You can uh, meet the Grinch, uh, stroll around the streets with a couple Who's running around, singing shows, talking with all the guests, and you can even go see a reenactment of how the Grinch stole Christmas. I've already seen it twice this year. Now, Universal's, they do have a Christmas parade featuring the Macy's Balloons. That parade is very impressive. You can find a, a video of it at the Passholders Guide podcast on Facebook. Uh, it's about a half hour per long parade. 
you have to watch out where you are sitting because the parade route does wrap around the entire park and end right where it begins. So right about the time, if you're uh, right there in the beginning of it, about the time that's ending, the uh, front of the show is already back around and you are essentially trapped on that side of the park with no way to get back to the other side. But it is an amazing show featuring everything Universal right now. You have your Minions, you have your Shrek, you have your Madagascar, and lots and lots of balloons. Poseidon's Fury is uh, under a refurb at the moment. The construction walls at the front have moved a little bit, opening up a little bit of space, and some scaffolding has gone up on the outside of the ride. So we can only think that they're uh, dusting off all the cobwebs and getting ready to open that back up. Currently, it is uh, December 5th, uh, date of recording, this weekend and the next weekend, uh, Mannheim Steamroller are going to be closing out Universal Studios. Now, most of those shows, well, this week's shows were at 7 p.m. right at park close, so uh, that is a great way to end your night there. And the biggest news, I am a massive fan of E.T., and the interplanetary passports are back the little cards you put your name on them and et says goodbye to you at the end of the ride now this tugs on my childhood heartstrings this is one of the reasons i love 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 et and i had talked to some of the team members there originally when they first reopened the teacher in the forest was not popping up and from what i was told by some team members there the microchips that controlled the voice had gone out and the ride is so old the companies who made those chips are no longer around so but the teacher in the beginning is popping back up um audio's not quite all there but it's still cool to see and the uh, the reason et was not saying names at the end is the cards that are programmed with your name on them originally were a little flimsy you know, back in the 90s, uh, they did upgrade them to some, you know, nice, durable, hard plastic, but it's been decades. Those cards wore out. And once again, the company who made them was not around. So that's part of the reason why they stopped doing the interplanetary passports. But they are back. It has been confirmed. New videos are surfacing. E.T. saying goodbye to you at the end of the ride. Alrighty, the Disney aspect of this new segment is quite massive. A lot of stuff is going on. We're going to try to take this park by park, but first we are going to start at D23. Now at D23, Bob Chappick had this to say. Oh yeah, because Bob Chappick wasn't there. There are some rumors going around that everyone thinks it has something to do with the change.org to remove Bob Chappick as the CEO. That has over 75,000 signatures last time I checked. I'm not saying my name's on it. But uh, supposedly he was at a farewell dinner for Bob Iger. So that's Disney's official story. Huh, I'm not buying it. But let's uh, try to think of uh, other things that are going on park by park. Let's start at Hollywood Studios. Uh, Showtimes for the Indiana Jones uh, stunt show have been announced. It is coming back. The rehearsals have been going on. It's great to see everything opening up after, uh, you know, the year, year and a half we've had. 
Other news from Hollywood Studios, Fantasmic will be returning. Now, their rumor for that is there's going to be no Pocahontas scene, but other scenes added from uh, more recent Disney films. Staying at Hollywood Studios, One Man's Dream is going to be returning. Uh, that was a great thing to see. Uh, gives you an insight to how Walt built Disneyland and the influences he had on Disney World, even though unfortunately he never got to see any of those come to fruition. Also at Hollywood Studios, there have been announcements the Galaxy's Edge section is going to be getting an expansion. We can only think there's two rides, there's a, a quick serve and a, uh, a counter service. We can only suspect that there is going to be a table service, a restaurant coming that would uh, complete the land. If they could squeeze in another ride, I'd be ecstatic. So let's switch over to Epcot. The Candlelight Processional is going on now. Lots of famous characters and, and uh, celebrities doing the narration, including the voice of Moana. I apologize, I would butcher her name, so I'm just going to characterize her as the voice of Moana, uh, as, long as, as well as Jody Benson, Blair Underwood, and Pat Sajak. Unfortunately, one big name is left off that list. NPH Neil Patrick Harris is not going to be attending this year. Hopefully we can get him back next year. Also announced for Epcot, the opening of Guardians of the Galaxy has been narrowed down from just 2022 to the summer of 22. Let's hope that means, you know, early 2022 because we all know summer here in Florida lasts for about nine months. Epcot is also going to be getting a new statue of Walt Disney. Now, this, uh, pretty sure, is going to go right uh, smack dab in the center, in, in right in the construction area, um, I think around where the fountain used to be, but don't quote me on that. We'll actually see where it is when it it opens up. Disney on Broadway has been announced for the Eye Farts. <laughs> oh, sorry, that, that still cracks me up. The International Festival of the Arts uh, is going to be taking place there at the uh, American uh, Bandstand area with lots of shows taking place there and living with the land has a holiday overlay with uh, tons of lights all throughout the tunnel systems there and throughout the greenhouses now let's look over at magic kingdom festival of fantasy is returning we're finally getting a full-on parade now that doesn't mean cavalcades are a thing of the past but it does mean that they can both exist simultaneously. Uh, it's nice to see the Festival of Fantasy has come back. As what else is coming back? Parking trams. Magic Kingdom is going to be getting the parking trams this month, uh, December. The rest of the parks are going to be getting their parking trams back uh, throughout 2022. Nothing is said early 2022 like we all hope, but just announced that all parks will get parking trams back in 2022. Over to Animal Kingdom, there is a new zebra on the safari. Her name is Zarina, meaning the golden one in Persian. Uh, the street performers are also returning to uh, the streets of Animal Kingdom. Now, the Finding Nemo show at AK is donezo. Kaput. Finito. It is being reimagined into Finding Nemo, The Big Blue, and beyond. 
is we can only speculate that this is going to expand the show which was only finding nemo to include finding dory and maybe you know a few uh, you know maybe a few original songs is what i'm trying to trying to say but we'll find out when that comes out um other big news over at disney springs drawn to life has finally opened uh, this was in serious danger. Uh, the opening was supposed to be right as the shutdown occurred last March, but even with Cirque du Soleil, you know, uh, declaring bankruptcy during the pandemic, they have returned, and the opening has happened. Shows are uh, shows are going on with amazing reviews. Now, it did take me forever to go see Lanuba. Hopefully, it doesn't take me forever to go see Toronto Life. A big thing that affects all the parks, especially Disney Springs, is mobile checkout. Now, this allows you to scan items on your phone, pay for it with a, a credit card, and then get your bags and just basically walk out without having to visit a register. Now, having visited Disney Springs recently, I can tell you the crowds, especially at the shops, are insane. So bypassing those lines is going to save you a lot of time and allow you to get in and out a lot quicker so that is what's going on in the news stay tuned to the facebook page passholders guide podcast uh, uh, facebook.com i'm sorry facebook.com slash passholders guide podcast and we'll try to keep you up to date with everything else that is going on show the uh, title of this segment is still uh, a work in progress but right now we're going to call it the hunt for hagrids now i have made uh, mention of it a few times on the show but i am a rather large gentleman at 6-4 well after the last big trip i weighed myself and uh coming in at 366 now, this uh, excludes me from a lot of the uh, the rides, a lot of the thrill rides that I just have to pass on because literally I don't fit. Most of it is uh, my large, uh, uh, with how tall I am, and a mixture of just, well, how overly large I am. Now, this hunt for Hagrid's is now my quest to go on every ride at every theme park. Now. That means a lot of slimming down, a lot of uh, passing on the butterbeer, oh, well, maybe passing on the second butterbeer of a trip, but uh, a lot of steps. We're going to cut down a little bit of the snacking. We're going to, you know, watch other people enjoy those snacking, but this is going to be a hunt to get me on every ride. Now, I have enjoyed the uh, new Velocicoaster, but I am still too large for Universal for the Hulk and all of the Harry Potter rides. So. In my past, yes, I have gone on the Forbidden Journey, that is the Harry Potter ride at the Hogwarts Castle, but I can't tell you anything about Hagrid's uh, motorcycle uh, ride or the uh, Escape from Gringotts. So, uh, join me on my quest, I'm going to try to blog this and keep up with it, but my la or the first official weigh-in after my trip was November 15th, and yes, I... Uh, weighed in at 366 so 
just two weeks later, November 29th, some clean eating and a little bit more exercise down to 358. So oh, some progress to go on even after uh, the Thanksgiving holiday. You know, still kept a few off there, but I have a long way to go. So cheer me on. We're uh, hopefully I can get on Hagrid's with some of you guys. We'll uh, do a little meetup and try to get on it all together. So wish me luck, and we'll see how this goes. everybody the tip for this show is going to be a review and tip all put together but you know that i've done that on the last few episodes so we're going to cover the entire month of november last episode covered halloween and uh, this uh, trip took place right after but the temperatures dipped here in florida we hit a nice uh, 54 degrees that early morning that i went and how do you start a cold day with a hot butterbeer so but I'm a little indecisive, so I had to go with the butterbeer and a uh, fizzy orange juice, which has a, a cinnamon sugar-coated rim. Both drinks were quite delicious and went down way too fast. I could go back for those any day. But that trip, we tried someplace new. We went to Blondie's, which is home of the Dagwood. Of course, I had the signature Dagwood sandwich, which was pretty good. Ham, turkey, roast beef, and all the fixins but had an extra slice of bread there in the middle made it a little bit dry but i am not disappointed in the sandwich i would recommend you try it at least once now other people in my party had the made to order sandwiches uh, they went with the turkey which made surprisingly fast uh, the place does not have a long wait or a long line to get in there but these sandwiches are pumped out very quickly um, it came with potato salad and well the sandwich was good the potato salad was lacking uh, tried it myself there was no flavor to it it was like literally potatoes and mayonnaise not a single spice or seasoning to be found so uh, skip the potato salad I can tell you that the french fries do come seasoned and those were much better than the potato salad even if uh, you do what I did and put a little cheese on them so tip for that try someplace new a lot of people would pass right by Blondie's, not even give it a second look, but it's rather quick to get in there, uh, some decent seating, and some good food. Another trip we went on uh, during the month of November, we did a staycation. Uh, you know, being locals, it is kind of nice to get out there and, uh, you know, stay at a hotel. You're, you're away from home, you know, doing things a little bit different. And it makes for great theme park days. So we checked out um, one of the newer resorts, Aventura, which is shaped like a giant fidget spinner. It has three different wings where you can stay at, all accessible from the main lobby there. Uh, now this hotel is high tech. From the touchscreens and the elevators to the iPads that will control your entire room to the robots that can get delivered you know small amounts of items uh i was told the max it could fit is two towels so any kind of toiletries you need you can just you know text down the front desk say hey i need these and could you send the robot and the robot will collect your items head to the elevator communicate with it wirelessly to call an elevator head to your floor 
go to your room, send you a text message, and then you come out, collect your item. So uh, I did not get a chance to uh, experience that part, but I did see it going on its little way uh, throughout the hotel. Now, this Aventure is a bit of an adult hotel, if I, you had to ask me. Uh, not a lot of, uh, you know, cool kids areas or theming. Uh, no kind of playground. The swimming pool was pretty basic. Um, they had a, a couple bars uh, at the hotel, so I would say it's a very adult friendly. Uh, you had uh, the bar in the lobby, a, ball, a bar by the pool, and of course uh, their signature rooftop bar. Uh. The food options at the hotel were mm, kind of lacking. Uh, we were told that they had their own pizza making station that would open up at 5 o'clock, but due to short staffing, uh, trying to find somebody to around at 5.15, and they went, oh, yeah, we don't have enough people here. Uh, I'll probably get that open in the next half hour. So they were, you know, I blame that one on being short staffed, not just the hotel itself. I uh, would like to go back there and, and, and you know, give them a second chance to, to redeem themselves. But um, the hotel itself, very clean very friendly and uh, a lot of great staff there at least at the front desk to you know to facilitate any of your needs so during that trip um as i said the pizza place was closed at right there at dinner time my child wanted pizza so what do we do screw it let's go into the parks uh hop a bus over to uh city walk walk through hit islands of adventure come up with a great game plan we're gonna hit uh pizza in the Jurassic Park section and then pop over and get some barbecue for the adults and well park closed at seven o'clock we were there right at six by the time we got around to the the back of the park everything was closed and unfortunately all the restaurants start closing down before park closed so here is your tip check your wait times don't think just because you're at the end of the day all the restaurants and everything are still open so, uh, luckily, we were able to skip on over to Mythos. It was still open and still seating. Had an amazing drink there. It was the uh, called the Potion of the Gods, made with Malibu coconut. Uh, I'm sorry, Malibu coconut rum, Captain Morgan, black raspberry liqueur, orange cranberry pineapple juice, and a Cruzan rum floater on it. So, very delicious. That was a uh, well worth the trip itself but you throw on top of that a gnocchi bolognese oh i was in absolute heaven that night well as, as far as food wise so um we turned the you know the best out of a bad situation so your tip there make sure to check the times on all the restaurants and the park uh, what times the park close now after that night it did end pretty early we decided oh we're gonna hit voodoo donuts and anybody knows that that's in city walk normally has an outrageous line we looked at it man we're like you know what it's early let's do it so about 20 30 minute wait got us right in the door we picked up some donuts for the night uh the next morning to have at the hotel and now your only question i have for you is do you hit voodoo donuts before the park or after the park Every time we've hit it, uh, it's it's uh, been for breakfast. Never had them ate the donuts actually after the park run. You know, time to go home and go back to sleep. All that sugar is probably going to you know get you all hyped up and not able to sleep that night. So uh, we have gone at night, but every time we've eaten them, it's had been for the morning. But delicious donuts, as I said, they have the new pickup window, so you can do your mobile ordering and uh, not have to wait in a giant line to go inside and pick them up. 
Alrighty, day two of staycation. Well, staycation was for our anniversary, so the wife and I decided to hit a new place to do a nice big brunch there at the park. Uh, went inside, did you know, did a couple rides beforehand, and then went out to Tootsum's Chocolate Emporium. Uh, you guys have seen it. It's the big smokestacks right next to the Hard Rock Cafe, uh, right there by Islands of Adventure. And let me tell you, the food there was awesome. They have a great brunch menu. I ended up getting a chocolate waffle, which was, well, the waffle itself uh, was uh, made with chocolate, had chocolate shavings, Oreos, and a mound of whipped cream on it. And anybody who's seen me or gone to breakfast with me knows I like to drown my pancakes or waffles in syrup. Didn't even eat it this time. There was a little chocolate sauce drizzled on top, but oh, with between the whipped cream and everything else, it was amazing just as the way it, uh, just the way it was. The wife ended up getting a apple pie crepe uh, with uh, came with some few extra dried apples on top and the bacon came out nice and crispy. So it was a great place for brunch. Um, had another drink there. This time it was the uh, chocolate old fashioned, which for an old fashioned was pretty good. For a specialty chocolate old fashioned, was very lacking you got a, a little bit of like a chocolate syrup at the bottom didn't mix well with the entire drink didn't really get a chocolate flavor until the very last sip so um if you like old fashions it was a decent old fashioned if you're in it for the chocolate you might want to try a different drink so um overall the trip was great because we also hit grinchmas so with Grinchmas, um, there is a stand right out front. Grinchmas is uh, the How the Grinch Stole Christmas is taking place in the Gr Blue Man Group Theater. Um, Fortune Blue Man Group's no longer there, so it's just really just an open sound stage. They can put anything they want. Right now, it is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh, great show. Even better now that they're not requiring their uh, team members to wear masks um, when they're on stage. And they have a little snack shop right outside. So you've probably seen it on Instagram, Facebook. I know I've, uh, I've posted it. But they have carne asada nachos, which great chips. Nice, you know, they're not little skimpy chips. They're, you know, good crunch to them. Also, um, the queso salsa comes on top of it and a good hot portion of carne asada. So the worth the trip on the way there you know maybe hit it on the way out snack on the way as you're walking back to islands of adventure but everything is highly recommended so that is just about it for your review slash tip this week i do want to know uh hit me up on uh, the facebook or the instagram page do you hit voodoo donuts before or after the park do you get that sweet be you know at the end of the day or do you start your day with it so i'm very curious to know if you're going to stop when is it so let me know on either Passholder's Guide page on Facebook or the Passholder underscore guide on Instagram.
That's everything for this episode of the Passholder's Guide podcast. Thank you for joining me. I hope I've left you with some tips, tricks, or secrets to make your park experience better. In the meantime, join us on Facebook or Instagram at the Passholder's Guide podcast, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button for alerts on the latest episodes. Until I see you again, have a safe time at the parks.